bucks. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution. Today, delighted to be your podcast host. And I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution, creators of Attract, a powerful marketing suite that enables you to spend less time on the drudgery and details of marketing and more time growing your business. Attract gives you the technology and the content you need to find your ideal prospect and turn them into your best customer. If you haven't done it lately, do it. Visit agencyrevolution.com and request a demo today. Delighted to bring you our guest. If you enjoy listening to a couple of marketers talk marketing, then you're going to like this as much as I did. My guest, Seth Green, is the founder and CEO of Market Domination LLC, one of the uh, perhaps the leading digital marketing uh, uh, agency for financial advisors and insurance agents. And in this podcast, Seth lays out a pretty straightforward path and plan for digital marketing, uh, including how to generate more referrals without begging or constantly asking or irritating your clients um, by creating a referral-based culture. Uh, we talk about where to advertise now for the best results and the kind of interesting impact that COVID had on um, digital advertising and pay-per-click, and now uh, how that is beginning to change and that we need to pay attention to that, and uh, how to build a simple but powerful marketing funnel to drive traffic just where you want it, which, of course, is to your agency. Uh, so with uh, without further delay, other than to make a couple of quick announcements, again, if you haven't connected with me on LinkedIn, do that. If you haven't followed Agency Revolution on LinkedIn, do that. Um, and again, if this series and these conversations have been of value for you, would love to hear about that. Feel free to contact me at michael at michaeljans.com. Tell me who else you would like to hear as a guest and the kind of topics and subjects that you want us to explore. And of course, um, again, if we've been of value to you, hop on your iTunes or your favorite platform and give us a five-star review. And boom, without further ado, now it is my uh, privilege to introduce you to this conversation with my friend and fellow marketer, Seth Green. Seth Green, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about this. A couple of marketers talking about, gosh, marketing? It's <laughs> so, a crazy idea. Crazy idea. All right. So um, our listeners may not know you as well as I do. If you would take a moment, uh, tell us tell us who is Seth Green and how did you get to be what you're doing right now? Sure. I'll try and do this. I'll try and do the short version. I started as when I went to uh, Syracuse University for undergrad, you know, 30 plus 20, 30 years ago, I wanted to be a Broadway star. I went for musical theater and my dad every semester told me I had to come live at home and transfer back home because he couldn't afford it. So by the time I graduated, I was so fed up that I decided not to go to New York and be a starving actor. I decided I wanted to be a college financial aid planner to help other families cut the high cost of college. The first job I ever had at a Fortune 500 financial services company, they handed me the phone book and told me good luck before the internet and <laughs> before social media and said, why don't you just make 300 cold calls a day? It'll work to grow your business. 
And it sounds like so much fun. It does. However, I, I banged my head against the wall for, t- for a couple of years doing that, which was absolutely miserable until I had the good fortune to find and beg my wife to borrow more than our new mortgage on our new house where she had just quit her job to be a stay-at-home mom to our first baby, leaving me sole breadwinner while I was smiling and dialing. I convinced her to let me borrow more than that mortgage to go hire legendary marketing guru, Dan Kennedy. In two years of working with Dan, I went from the 6,700th last placed rep at that firm to the top 30 nationwide for opening new accounts. That made my phone start ringing off the hook. I got written about in Registered Rep, Insurance Newsnet, and a couple books by Mary Beth Kuzmeski for financial advisors. So my phone started ringing with advisors who wanted to do what I did. I asked Dan what to do. He said, you should start a marketing company and do it for them. (laughs) Okay. uh, I'm chuckling because there's some of this that does parallel me really quite closely. Yes. So 14 years ago, we started marketdominationllc.com. It was just me and one advisor. I was willing to let license my content to see if it would work for him in his market. It did. It's been a roller coaster of a ride ever since. And we now have an amazing team of 40 staff members who work here. And we've served over 2,365 agents and financial advisors and 63 other industries around the planet. Because the principles, as you know, as you teach of direct response marketing apply no matter what business you're in. So that's the short version. Along the way, I've written eight best-selling marketing books. Dan has nominated me for his Marketer of the Year Award three years in a row, which no one else has ever done. And I co-host the number six rated podcast in 2019, Sharkpreneur with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. Very good. So now, uh, Seth, you're running um, an agency, right? A marketing agency. Along with my financial services practice, yes. Along with the financial services practice, can you... um, Oh, you know, for those who perhaps have never hired or used an agency, can you describe what it is that you do? Sure. We grow your business so you can run it. So whether that might be if that's direct mail, if it's LinkedIn marketing, if it's Facebook, if it's an online funnel, if it's generating referrals from your existing clients without you having to ask, we have an array of services that are designed to grow your business and put that lead generation, referral generation Um, new prospect generation, all on autopilot so that you don't have to worry where your next clients are coming from anymore. Got it. Um, All righty. So let me start with this, Seth. Uh, You got involved in marketing and or direct marketing. You know, I guess it was, you know, over 15 years ago. A lot has changed since then. So let's start with kind of big picture, big trends. What, What do you see as the trends and forces that are changing the world of marketing, the practices of marketing, the behavior of, uh, of marketers and consumers, uh, particularly as it affects um, professionals? Sure. So I think the fundamental principles of marketing is two things. It's behavioral psychology, why we do the things that we do, and it's math. And I think those haven't changed. I think the behavioral psych is the same although consumers are inundated with more demands on their time and more interruptions and more messages than ever before. So it's more important to stand out. I think that the media has changed dramatically. Obviously, you got the internet, we got social media, we got all this stuff that we didn't have 15 years ago when I started. So I think the ways we can reach our consumer has changed more than anything else. And it has made our jobs as marketers, as business owners, easier than ever before 
because it's so much easier to reach and target market the right prospects now than, I mean, when I started, all we had was print ads and direct mail. Right. And now we've got an endless array of media platforms to get to our target market. So in some ways it's harder because there's so much more to learn, but in a lot of ways, it's a lot easier because our target market, because privacy is dead, is more easily reachable than ever before. Okay, so uh, that picture you created, so many more media than there used to be. Um, it can be overwhelming and confusing and confounding and bewildering for people, right? Uh, you know, it, it was it was hard enough back in the day when we needed to teach uh, agents, for example, how to craft and negotiate a print ad and how to create effective direct mail. Those are, you know, high, fairly high level professional skills. Now, uh, there is an almost infinite number of new media and new ways to use that media. And then next week, there's going to be uh, uh, some new social platform or something like that that we need to pay attention to. So with all of that, that kind of myriad of choices to make and things to learn, if you were, let's say, like across the table from an insurance agency principal and they said, I want to grow, um, but I'm overwhelmed. How do you, um, wh what do you suggest? Where, where do you like people to start? We always start at the most important factor of whether any marketing or business is going to succeed or failure. And that's the who, who is your target market? So the first thing I would do in any marketing consultation, it's the first question I ask, and then it's what we spend the most time on. How do we laser focus micro niche that target market? How do we really drill down to the absolute A plus dream level ideal prospects? And then how do we hone our marketing message and every in our media choices and everything we do? How do we hone that for that one target market so that we can totally dominate it, own that space and generate an abundance of prospects and clients? OK, uh, so let, let's unpack a couple of things there. So one of the, um, it seems, underlying assumptions in what you just said is that from a marketer's point of view, there is uh, is value in having a target. Yes, absolutely. You are not a general. I mean, you can't be all things to all people. If you try and be everything for everybody, you'll be nothing for nobody. So I think if you are a general practitioner physician, for example, you're going to make what the average general practitioner makes. And depending on your town, maybe that's somewhere between 50 and $100,000 a year, depending on the size of your practice. However, would you rather be that guy or would you rather be the board certified brain surgeon whose wife is a friend of mine and he makes a million dollars a year? Right. So there's a difference in perception. There's a difference in expertise. There's a difference in specialization. And the brain surgeon's got a heck of a lot better business and lifestyle and hours worked than the general family doctor does. So if I'm not saying you have to go back to school for 12 years, I'm saying we need to laser focus that target market so that you can create that income, that lifestyle, that agency that you want without needing an extra 12 years of school and the risk of people dying on you every day. Okay, so that's the, uh, gets to the second thing that I want to unpack from your previous statement, which is not only is it wise to have a who, um, but I, uh, this is a question for you. Um, in, in your experience, 
Um, do, do you guide people? Uh, I, 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 I suppose there's an assumption clearly in my question. <laughs> um, uh, it, 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 it does seem that uh, clearly the selection of the who, uh, the selection of the target market is an important process in and of itself because some targets can be better than others. What do you do in that uh, conversation with your clients? Absolutely. Yes. The, the right who can explode your business and take it to levels you never thought possible. The wrong who can wreck it. So I think that that is fundamentally important. And we do a deep dive. Who is your client base now? If you're not brand new and you don't have any clients, you're presuming you've been in business any length of time, right. you already have some type of customer base. So then it's a question of who do you like working with the most? Who refers you the most? Who pays you the most? If you could wave a magic wand, and build a brand new business starting over with only this type of client and sky is the limit. What type of client do you want? And usually our agents, our advisors will have answers to those questions and they'll say, oh man, if I, I mean, I had, I've had uh, somebody who only wanted to work with divorcing women. I've had people who only want to work with conservative hunters. I've had people who only, <laughs> who only wanted to work with, um, you know, a certain type of celebrity in their target market. It just depends. There's no right answer. There's an answer that's going to serve your growth goals. And there's an answer that isn't. And it's our job to try and figure out the difference between the two. Okay. So there are better answers than some answers, right? Sure. Baby boomers okay. with money is a lousy answer because they have, <laughs> they have nothing yeah. in common except the fact that they eat and they have money. Yeah. So people drive them to free food seminars before COVID and then get upset that they only showed up for the free food. Well, yeah, you right. advertise free food. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I think, yes, getting a better answer results in a better, more profitable business. Well, uh, uh, yeah, two words you said with money that it would seem would be an important part of one of your criteria. Well, they have to be able to afford your services, right? Got, yeah, yes, right, right. And there are, and there are, uh, you know, on the PNC side, clearly there are uh, markets for which there are. Well, there's better revenue per customer, and the ratio of um, revenue to service is uh, favorable. So it would seem that's that that's uh, an important part of the decision making criteria. Okay, Ab so yeah, absolutely, <laughs> uh, absolutely. All right, so. Um, so that kind of, that takes care of a core fundamental question now. Uh, so let's say we've identified who it is that we want to have, um, relationships with and, and hopefully deep and long relationships with now the agency principal says, okay, what do I do? So how, how do I get, how do I get more of them or how do I get them? Well, now that we've defined who they are, we have to figure out where they are, where do uh, they hang out? So if, for example, I wanted 80 year old arthritic widows, I would not try and market on TikTok to get to them because they're not on TikTok or Snapchat yet. They don't know what those things are. It'd be a waste of time and money mostly to try and reach them. So I've got to figure out where I'm going. Now I know what I want to hunt. Forgive the analogy. I now have to figure out where is my, where do I want to hunt for them? so that I have the best shot of my bait attracting the right fish. Got it. All right. So what do you suggest? So let's say, uh, let's, so let's start with this. Let's say somebody has this market and they've got uh, already in their book of business, they've got some. Um, 
it would seem that referrals would be perhaps um, one of your early recommendations. Is that a yes or? You what certainly you could, but I'm going to, I'm very contrarian when it comes to referrals. Okay. Most let's hear the, about that. Uh -huh. Most of the gurus in our industry say you should ask for referrals. When you see your clients, you should ask them every single time. Um, and I would completely disagree yeah. because if you ask them for referrals, you're putting them on the spot. And if they can't think of anybody, they will feel bad. If you ask every time you see them, you will get them to feel bad every single time they see you and they're going to start. <laughs> They're going to start associating feeling bad to seeing you and they're not going to want to talk to you anymore. And you'll wonder why your clients disappear because you, they knew, oh, we got to go see Mike today. Oh, no, he's going to ask us for referrals again. Crap. Do we have any? Ooh, maybe we should reschedule. So <laughs> I suggest instead that you should promote a referral culture so that you never have to ask. And people are literally calling into your office every single quarter, volunteering referrals and excited to share. And how do you do that? Uh, we do that by a number of ways of staying in front of your clients with warm and fuzzy messages that have nothing to do with business every every two weeks. And then once a quarter doing a multi-step direct mail campaign that gets them excited to share, to think of people that they know in certain categories that you supply them with so that they can connect you with them and be happy about it on their own terms. Okay. Um, got it. All right. So the, the warm and fuzzy messages. So I think essentially you're talking about really um, adding value to the relationship, nurturing the relationship and giving without always taking. That's, yes, absolutely. Okay. We are and, big proponents of that drip. Yeah. Okay. And then periodically, periodically, like with your quarterly direct mail campaign, asking or promoting or encouraging. We are, yes, we are gently encouraging in a way that they don't perceive it is and ask for referrals. Got it. Very good. All right. So let's, uh, let's uh, switch gears here for a moment. Um, the, the, uh, the internet is, uh, f um, is, is uh, offering lots of ways, uh, lo lots, lots of uh, enticements to, um, well, to spend our time. <laughs> And, uh, it, and, yes. and right and, and lots of uh, opportunities or lots of platforms saying hey you can get customers through me right so uh for starters um with all of the you know w w whether it's social or or however um besides generating referrals from existing customers what do you what do you like what do you like your customers or what do you like um you know principles to do to generate lead, new leads, fresh leads, uh, whether it's on the internet or not? Well, it's going to depend again back to that who is their target market. Are they online? Can we generate those leads online? So it depends. If it's a business owner, a type of business professional that they're going after, LinkedIn would probably be the best place to start. If they are direct to consumer, um, then it might depend on the, the sub-segment of that niche might be on Facebook. It might be direct mail. It might be YouTube for all we know. So again, we've really got to figure out who is that target market first, where do they hang out? And then we can start working on now, what can we actually do to get them in the door? Got it. All right. So let's take an example. Let's assume that they're perhaps a business owner and you're suggesting LinkedIn. Um, uh, so uh, is the behavior, does the behavior lean towards social posting or LinkedIn advertising? Neither. I Okay. Would... <laughs> All right. Talk to us about it. So I would suggest that those business owners aren't necessarily going to see your post. 
there, we would suggest direct outreach. We would suggest you connect with them first. And then we've got a proven follow-up sequence to get them interested, have a conversation with them through LinkedIn to the point where they're requesting a lead magnet. And then we're nurturing that relationship until they get to the point where they're ready to talk to the agent or the advisor. Got it. All right. So, um, so for I want to break this down into chunks for our listeners. Uh, LinkedIn has the uh, posting uh, capacity. It has an advertising capacity, but then it's also got the direct messaging capacity. So I think the first thing you said is make sure you're connected to them and do that through direct messaging. Well, we're right. going to do a connection request first, but we're going to customize each one. We're not going to use LinkedIn's default. I want to add you to my professional network. Right. We're going to yeah. literally write one for each person. Okay. And then I think you said um, uh, after the connection request, offer a lead magnet. Can you uh, yeah, uh, uh, describe that uh, and what goes into that for our listeners? So a lead magnet might be an ebook, it might be a white paper, it might be a free report, it might be a video. It depends again on what we're trying to get that, who that target market is and what we're trying to get them to do. Um, it, it's gonna vary. So, I mean, we've got lead magnets on um, annuities and insurance and we've got lead magnets. If you're going after the business owner market, then maybe that lead magnet is if I'm an agent insurance agent going after a business owner, I'm going to have a lead magnet on asset protection because I have to untrain them, right? Geico yeah. and Allstate and State Farm have all trained them to buy on price. I've got to get them out of that mindset. And the only way I can do that is if I come at them with something that is totally different that they haven't seen 50 times on TV every five seconds. Right. And as a business owner, asset protection in our opinion and our experience works a heck of a lot better than trying to say wait i can save you money no i can save you 15 percent. no i can save you seven percent uh, okay so uh, the lead magnet um presumably here you're driving them to um a uh, a different platform a non-linkedin platform like perhaps a landing page absolutely i gotta get okay. them somewhere they can register and say yes i want that lead magnet and then hopefully I've got some marketing automation behind it that's going to deliver that, drip on them with emails, text messages, direct mail, whatever that form of media is, until yeah. they're ready to book on my calendar. Then they get an online calendar link and they book on my calendar and then they get another follow-up sequence to warm them up before we have our meeting. Got it. Very good. Okay. So we have a few technologies that are connected. Yes. Uh, you've, got, you've got LinkedIn. You've got presumably a, a landing page that's then connected to marketing automation and that follows up with the, uh, the follow-up sequence. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, very good. Um, okay. But before we move on, I, I do have one question for you. Um, if a, if an agency principal is contemplating the lead magnet, how, uh, wh what do you suggest? How, how do they, um, how do they best identify what is um, most likely to be the, uh, the most attractive thing to their marketplace? Ask. It's a crazy idea, right? Actually, yeah. if they have clients in the target market, they could ask them. If they don't, they could literally survey the marketplace. They could call people up and ask them and find out. It's a crazy idea. Find out what they want and give it to them. <laughs> Got it. All right. Very good. Okay, so boom, LinkedIn. Anything else in regards to uh, essentially what you've done is you've just described a marketing funnel. Correct. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and a funnel and, just being a series of steps designed to get 
a prospect, a target market to a number of them to go in the top of the funnel and the qualified leads that are ready to talk come out the bottom. Very good. Uh, all right. So uh, let's see. Other than LinkedIn, um, what what else do you see uh, in the marketing world today that's working really well for uh, professionals in marketing? I mean, there are lots of things that are working well. It's just going to depend, again, on what the target market is. So there are wonderful um, there are wonderful direct mail pieces. There are lousy ones. There are wonderful, <laughs> right. wonderful YouTube ads and terrible ones. It's just going to depend on who that target market is. So it's not that the marketing are, is good or bad. It's, is it aimed at the right market? Does it have the right message and does it generate the right results? Got it. All right. Um, earlier, you had made some reference to Facebook. So uh, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're doing there. Sure. We have had a very interesting year, year, year or two on Facebook. Uh, when everyone originally got, got shut down because of COVID and everybody was home, the volume of traffic dramatically went up. And because so many businesses right. stopped advertising, the cost for ads went down. So it was a perfect storm of cheaper traffic, but more traffic. Now it's come back a little with all the election spending that we had. Costs went back up and some folks are back to work. Some are still working from home. So we're finding it can work better now than it ever did. However, it's requiring you to be a smarter marketer and do a better job at getting your message out because there's so much content out there. So we've got to make sure that we stand out and we don't look like every other insurance agency ad, for example, that's on Facebook. Ah, so what do you suggest to look different, to stand out? What, what makes a good Facebook ad? Uh, something that gets people to stop scrolling. So remember, they're not on Facebook to shop for insurance. They're on to right. look at pictures. Of their, <laughs> yeah, they're, okay. they're on to look for pictures of their of their friends' kids who had what for lunch. You know, all that junk. So they're being social. So you have to look like it's a social post, but it has to be different enough and stand out enough that they are willing to stop the scroll to see what you're doing. So there are a lot of different ways to do that. Just again, it's gonna depend on the stock market. I mean, it's gonna depend on the target market. It's gonna depend on what we're trying to accomplish to as to what would inform that. But perhaps we're advertising our lead magnet. Perhaps we've done funny parody videos making fun of the Geico and Liberty Mutual commercials on purpose. Uh -huh. We've literally done, you know, what does a gecko and an emu have to do with insurance? And <laughs> talked about why it's a giant, they're wasting billions of dollars of the reason, billions of dollars of shareholder money running these dumb ads. And that's not what you should buy insurance based on. Because again, we're trying to re-educate the public in a small way. Right. Okay. Um, so, uh, boom, uh, Seth, <laughs> you, you, you've given us a lot to think about. Um, anything else before, you know, before we wind this up and anything else that you want to, uh, like a message you want to deliver to the, to the agency world. Absolutely. One of the things we didn't get to talk about that I'll just touch on really quick is yeah. podcasts are an incredible way to market your agency and get more referrals. Because if I interview, let's say accountants and lawyers, they will share that interview with their customer base because it makes them look good. They won't even realize that they're taking me along for the ride. If I wanted to be, if I wanted young families 
then maybe I'm interviewing soccer coaches, football coaches, baseball coaches. Maybe I'm interviewing pediatricians. Maybe I'm interviewing other places that serve those families because when those moms start, hear about it and start listening, a chunk of that business is going to come back to me. Okay. So, uh, so, uh, podcasts, not just to listen to, but, but I think what you're suggesting is, is that, uh, insurance agents could consider hosting a podcast. Absolutely. And, like and, having and, a radio show on your phone at a fraction of the cost. Yeah. And now, uh, presumably again, if it's, uh, focused on a target market, it can yes. be extremely powerful. Absolutely. We right. produce about 63 different shows for our clients right now. And it's one of the no best, okay. best ways to get new leads and, and referrals in the door. And how often do you think, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, you and I both know that there are fairly significant time commitment if, if you do it and produce regularly like we do every single week. How often do you think um, it's uh, necessary? What kind of uh, frequency protocol do you think an agent should consider? 30 minutes once a week, one episode a week, it will be plenty. Got it. Very good. And then how, how do you think they should host it? I don't understand. I mean, like, they should do it on Zoom, and then you've got both an audio yeah. show and a video show. Right. Okay. And then they can host it on their website? And it, could they, be, it should also can... be the audio would go to iTunes, Google Play, uh -huh. Spotify, yeah. Stitcher. The video would go to YouTube. And yes, it should also be embedded on their website as well. Got it. Very good. All right, Seth. Um, so uh, if, uh, if our listeners are interested in what you can do for them, and it sounds like uh, your firm is set up to do quite a bit, how can people find out more? How should they reach out to you? marketdominationllc.com is our website. There's a little form right next to the sizzle reel where they can fill it out and get on my calendar. I'm happy to talk to any folks from your world. We'll give them a consultation. It's our 15 minute marketing challenge. We believe we can solve any marketing challenge in 15 minutes or less, or it's free. And well, it's free either way for your folks. And I'm happy to help. All right. I appreciate it. Seth Green, thank you so much for your time. You're very generous. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.